Hello and welcome to the Centre Light Podcast. My name is John Cooley. And my name is Matt Grady. Centre Light encourages discussion around what church could be and looks at Christian life in the 21st century. So, what's happening? What's happening with me? Well, Matt, uh, currently I'm reading a book called The Irresistible Revolution. Um, It's by a guy called Shane Claiborne, and he is American. Uh, And he's, I suppose his views would be seen as radical, uh, because what he's presenting in this book is a way to live the Christian life in community. Okay. Um, But, I mean, quite radically living with other Christians and sharing things but I say radical but at the same time from what I've read and I've not read a huge amount just yet um, is that actually it could be quite a pure form of what church could be it's an emer- I mean it is an emerging thought of church but it reminds me of the kind of church you see in Acts mm-hmm. kind of the early yeah. church that called themselves the way and that's why he's actually Shane has actually developed uh, his work um, around the simple way is what his uh, organisation is called, um, and you can check that out at www.thesimpleway.org. Um, so yeah, it's that kind of sharing things with each other and living together in community and following Jesus and actually really getting to the heart of what he would want uh, for society and uh, trying to not segre- not kind of segregate spirituality with. Secularism, you yeah, know, sure. almost like what Rob Bell when he's talking about everything is spiritual, you know, yeah, it's not separating the two. Um, if you're feeling quite comfortable in your faith, um, this book will really challenge you uh, to kind of move beyond those those boundaries and take some risks in your faith. Shane has been to Calcutta and to uh, Iraq and other places to kind of discover the way that different communities yeah. uh, explore oh, their Christian faith. That's cool. Um, and it sounds like he's got some really good results. The important question that everyone's wanting to know is, is your flat still tidy? My flat is still tidy. More thanks to my wife than to me currently, uh, as I've been a little bit uh, busy. <coughs> or slack. Um, but no, it is still tidy. Still? And the Hoover's doing a good the, the job. New, I was just going to say the new Hoover bed. Yeah, it needed, it needed a clean out on the dust filter the other day. Sure, it's been used. Yeah. Good. But there we go. How about you, Matt? What's happening with you? What's happening? I am just back from Berlin, uh, which was really interesting. Um, we kind of crammed as much as we could into one weekend in Berlin. Right. Uh, so that was cool, going around all the historical sites and um, just getting a flavour for the history. I mean, it's one of those places where there's just so much has happened over the years. Just to go to like Checkpoint Charlie and to go to the wall, and those bits of the wall are still standing, yeah. so you can go and see what it was like. And, um, and touch it, although I'm not sure I was meant to. But. Hmm. It's weird though, isn't it, when you, you know, these places are now really places of interest and stuff, but actually when they were real, it was complete, you know. Yeah, it was horror. Yeah, it's strange, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? Yeah, the other important news for me is I finished the West Wing. Hooray! Series 7 has been completed. It is done, it is. I had withdrawal symptoms. 
I know, that's um, a problem when you finish something like as good as that, I think. Yeah. It's like, what do, you, what do you do next? Yeah, intensive watching. So, well, next <clears> we're um, on to Studio 60 on the... Ah, the Sunset Strip. Strip, I'll take you yeah. yeah, Ree and I start to watch that, but uh, we got a bit bored of it. But it's good. It's, oh, yeah, you're selling it then. Yeah. yeah. Good. No. But it's because I had all our favourite Western characters in it. Well, not all favourites. Some of them. <laughs> it had some actors. Yeah. It's good. No, you should definitely watch it. So, it's time for a quick question. Ah, indeed. I suppose we need the music. Yeah. yeah. I will get them ready now. So, usual drill. We have to answer the question before the music stops. Correct. So, John, what's the question? The question? I'm asking the question. Yeah. Okay, the question is... Why Pancake Day? Why Pancake Day? Well, Pancake Day. Uh, because pancakes are nice. Yes, that would go with that. Why do we Why do we have Pancake Day? Why do we have Pancake Day? Um, well, Pancake Day is... Uh, it comes from Shrove Tuesday. Shrove Tuesday. Sh- so Monday. Pancake Day is always on a Tuesday? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, every day can be Pancake Day. That's yeah, not, that's oh, if you like pancakes, yeah. that's particularly yeah. good. It's certainly for me. Yeah. I love pancakes. But Americans have pancakes. You know what? I just think I missed pancakes. I don't think I had a pancake on Pancake Day. Yeah, I, got, I didn't, I didn't realise it was Pancake Day and then someone brought in our pancakes at work. I had them with the Nutella. Nutella? Interesting. I would go for syrup and it was lemon juice. Yeah, I would, I would go for syrup as well. But that's not anyway, sorry, question, go! Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's linked to Shrove Tuesday. Uh, it would be the day when, just before Lent starts. Okay. Uh, during Lent, you, you would give up things, uh, mm-hmm. give up uh, extravagant foods, right. and live on a basic diet. So they would need to use up all of the ingredients in the house, um. and they put it all into a bowl, and um, someone chapped in the door and they thought they were going to get caught so they shoved it under the uh, 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 threw it away right. and it came back but actually it all been churned up and, oh. then, and it was so hot that it turned into pancakes oh wow so they thought well, that's a great way we'll do that every year so where did they, any idea where the tossing of the pancake came in? Um, that was the next year was someone it? came okay. to the door and they, they, they just they were just standing with it and then they just threw it up <laughs> over their head in a panic and, and, that, and, it and then when it flipped and, yeah. round and landed they thought oh, that's a good idea maybe yeah. we should toss the pancakes more that, 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 that's it Fantastic. Question answered? Question answered. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think we've answered the question. At all. Alright then, John, tell us tell us why Pancake Tuesday. Well, Matt, this would be the answer. Uh, well, I think you're right, actually. Pancake Day, you know, was looking at using up all the fats and the eggs that they weren't allowed to have during Lent. Yeah. So they needed to get rid of that, and they did that by mixing it all together and you know, having a big old pancake feast, although they probably didn't call them pancakes. Uh, but that is, I would say that's probably like a symbol of the the Shrove Tuesday thing, which is uh, where Christians would look for absolution before the start of Lent, you know, from all their sins, so that during Lent, you know, they, they feel holy and, and clean and pure from their sins, uh, so that they can actually spend time fasting in prayer and reverence to the Lord. That sounds slightly more plausible than my answer. <laughs> I like your answer, though. Question answered? Yes, question answered. Well, the question there, quick question about Pancake Day, leads us quite nicely, Matt, into our discussion.
today in the discussion we're going to be looking at what Lent means to us, uh, my kind of experiences of Lent and your experiences of Lent. Yeah. So, would you like to kick off? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll give it a go. Well, for me, uh, Lent wasn't a big... I don't remember it ever being discussed. People didn't do... you know, It wasn't a thing where people talked about giving something up for Lent or doing this. Or, it wasn't until I was an adult, really. Even in the church that I go to now, people don't talk about it so much. Um, in the last few years, uh, some friends have, have talked about what they're giving up for Lent. Because it's... I mean, it is on the... It's more the lectionary kind of liturgical calendar, I think. Yeah. And I suppose unless you grow up in that tradition, you don't really know much about it. Yeah. But I think perhaps because I didn't grow up with it as a kid and have something forced on you. Or yeah, I suppose so. Perhaps for that reason. Actually, I'm really quite um, interested in the idea of Lent. I mean, yeah. I'm quite, uh, I don't know if excited is the right word, but just happy to engage with yeah, it. Yeah, no, I, just, I understand what you mean. It's because it's not a routine. You know, you actually can look at the meaning of it yeah. rather than the, like the Lent, let's give up something routine yeah. you can actually think about what it means and maybe be a bit more creative in, in your thought process possibly yeah what, what's it what's how have you discovered Lent what well you... uh, for me I grew up uh, Church of England so you know Lent was it was that more routine mm. let's do Lent kind of thing part of the, the the year as it were so you know we did observe it and although I never really gave anything up that much when I was younger Every now and again, every other year or so, I would maybe give something <laughs> up. Do you know what I mean? But I, it's, I knew it was there, and I knew what it was, and I knew when it ended because that was Easter, and that was when you were able to have the things you've given up yeah. again. But the actual meaning, maybe, I understood what it meant. You know, about Jesus being in the wilderness uh, for the forty days and forty nights, and that was why we had to give something up. You know, was to, was that kind of as Jesus gave stuff up, mm. we should give stuff up as well. Uh, and understanding the importance of that. But I never really engaged with that as much as maybe I should have. Yeah. But I suppose when you're a kid and a teenager growing up, it's not one of your top priorities <laughs> no, give to, to give stuff up anyway. Yeah. Um, I mean, I suppose if you did, it would make quite an impact on the people around you, but only as long as maybe you have an actual answer for it. Yeah, sure. I mean, rather than saying, why are you giving up something? for like, well, it's what I do in my church. Yeah. Um, I think I mean that that kind of does lead on to the idea of why I've always as a as I've kind of investigated Lent as an adult, the thing that's drawn me to it I think is using it as a time to give you know, give something up and using that time to then spend that in prayer or to Bible study or yeah. you know, to, to actually carve out moments of the day where you're actually dedicating that time to God. I like that. What are some of the uh, what are some of the things that you hear people giving up for Lent? Well, I've, I feel a bit disappointed with myself this year because I've given up crisps, and but and that goes back to the you know, what we were talking about, you know, growing up as a kid, the kind of thing you give up. Mm-hmm. Um, last year I gave up beer, which was a, a better one I think. But again, the connection thing between giving it up and then spending that time yeah. with God. Sometimes when you give something up for Lent, you actually then end up replacing it with something else. Yeah. Like so, I've given up crisps, but I've. I've eaten more Jaffa cakes <laughs> you know I mean? this, this Lent, and I've you know I've eaten more chocolate this Lent because yeah. I've still wanted a snack. Yeah, it's a fine balance, but those are the kind of things that you hear people give yeah, up: yeah. Choc- chocolate, chocolate, crisps, coffee, coffee, yeah, and the alcohol. My dad gave up sugar for Lent okay. when he was a lot younger, and it, it stuck. You know, after Lent finished, he just that was it. He, he didn't have sugar and tea. Oh, really? and, yeah, just he's never had sugar. So, huh. so it's got, yeah, I think yeah, lots of people use it as a time. 
for physical like health things like so yeah. well I'll use that as the excuse to not eat burgers or to not do this or yeah. to turn vegetarian or I'm going to cut out caffeine or yeah, yeah you, or stop smoking um, but I wonder there's, I mean there is obviously links between physical health and spiritual health mm. there can be links there but I don't think many people make those connections no I mean one of the one of the interesting ones I heard of one of my friends gave up uh, long lies for Lent so instead of you, you would get up early ah uh, okay so you're yeah. like telling really, no, yeah, yeah, not really. lying really long. <laughs> elaborately, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exaggerating <laughs> the lies. <laughs> no, not quite. Uh, he had he got up earlier in the morning, which I think is a really good one because yeah. that's creating a longer day for yourself. It's yeah. giving you more chance, more opportunity to spend that time with God. So that, that that was a good one. This is the this is the interesting thing. As much as I want to engage with it, as uh-huh. much as I want to do it, I still haven't quite made the leap to commitment to it because. I was having to think about, well, what could I give up mm. that would be useful? So, you know, I could give up tea or whatever, but probably that's not that big a sacrifice for me. Or, you know, yeah. so I was looking at what I could give up and I was thinking, well, you've got like television, you know, messing around on the internet, Facebook or, you know, any of those yeah. different kind of things. I actually found myself sitting there going, no, but I don't want to give that up. Yeah. So it's almost like, well, how do you decide what the right thing to give up? Yeah, no, you're right. I suppose from a completely hypocritical point of view where I don't do it, but, you know, you would say it's the things that you don't want to give up that you should give up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So things that you can't hold, you know, let go of, that yeah. you should be letting go of. Cause yeah, because, yeah, I mean, the whole point of the sacrifice is it's something dear to you that you're giving up, isn't yeah. it? I wonder if there's an argument then for someone else telling you what you should give up for them, ah, you know, in community, you, you chat amongst yourselves about really what, good idea. You know, these are the sorts of things I'm doing in my daytime, you know, and get someone else to say to you, well, actually, you could give that up and be accountable to each other yeah, as, no. as much as you have to, well, not quite as much as you have to go on. <laughs> yeah, my, my, my bad mind works, I was thinking of then, you know, saying to the person, well, you know, these are the things that I do in my day, you know, yeah. I work 10 <laughs> yeah. hours, you know, solidly. Yeah. I you know ugh, yeah. I just don't get enough time, you know. Yeah. And then the person, well, why don't you, you know, spend a couple more time you know, playing on the PlayStation? Yeah. Like, oh, good, good idea. I want to do that. But I suppose the meaning thing is an interesting one, because people I know would give maybe aren't Christians but still give something up because they are aware. Yeah. So yeah. maybe there's a a chance to actually get people involved in the discussion of Lent and its meaning. Also, maybe not to think too deep about what you give up. Maybe you should just give something up, no matter whether mm. it's crisps, because you're still making a commitment to give something up. Yeah. And everyone has to start somewhere. Yeah, you know, And it's only now, I'm 28, and it's only now that I'm actually really starting to think seriously about Lent and the kind of question of what's the purpose of me giving it up. You know, I've been giving stuff up for Lent for the last... You know, seriously, probably for the last six or seven years. But it's only now that I've actually got to that point of taking it a step yeah, further. Sure. There's also an element there of, you know, when, when I when I say, oh, I could give up chocolate, but it wouldn't be that significant, or I could give up. Yeah. But for some people it is. Yeah. There's a danger, I guess, that by saying, oh, you're only giving up chocolate, or you're only giving up sugar, that you're yeah. actually devaluing what someone else has sacrificed. But, you know... It's, you're kind of trivialising it, yeah, aren't you? Which, because it doesn't, it's not relevant to you. Yeah, so, I mean, there's, there's an element... There of just being careful about not doing that, that. That you know, although I'm saying I really should be giving up something that's a time. I like to think of it as a time element thing. Yeah. So if I give up something that takes a specific amount of time, so I can spend that time with God, and if people are just giving up something that they like crisps and then eating chocolate instead, to not judge people for doing that. Yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> I, I won't judge you, John. Thank you. There was a couple of other things I was thinking about when we when we were mentioning Lent and the fact that we we're going to be discussing it this episode. Uh, one was. The idea of not giving something up. 
mm-hmm. but doing something extra. Okay. So maybe if you drink coffee, you would look at, I always come back to coffee for some reason, I don't know why this is, but maybe you drink coffee and you actually look at the kind of brand that you buy. Yeah, sure. Maybe for Lent you, you change that. I'm not saying then you should go back. After, yeah, sure. But you it's actually it. thinking about your lifestyle and how yeah. you can improve that over, you know, and making your lifestyle more glorifying to God. Yeah, making more uh, effort. So rather yeah. than giving something up, actually making more effort to read your Bible or praying. And, uh, I suppose those kind of link into giving something up anyway, because the idea is that you would need to probably give something up to fit that in. Yeah, sure. Um, no, that's but I think, I think that's quite a good point, is to try, rather than giving something up, it's to try and add value to who you are and living, you know, where Jesus says in John 10, about living life to the full. Yeah. And about... You know, asking the question over Lent, how can I do that? Yeah, no, that's true, because really at the root of it is the idea that you're mimicking Jesus, and at the root of that is trying to be more like Jesus. Yeah. And so by giving, you know, by putting something new into your life that's ethical, that's, that gives more glory to God, then you are becoming more like Jesus by glorifying God more by your, you know, yeah. using it as a chance to change your actions. So I really like that idea. And I think the other thing, well, this isn't the other thing, but just in relation to that is, that that will be more obvious to the people around mm-hmm. you. You know, I've said I've given up crisps, but, you know, did you ever really see me eat crisps anyway? Yeah. You know, I, I would sit in the house and eat crisps. Secret crisp eater. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I mean, I would eat them outside of the house as well. I'm not, yeah. you know. They're inside his pocket. Wearing <laughs> paper bag. But, you know, making a lifestyle change or making a choice to be more patient, people are going to see that in you a bit more. The good thing about Lent is I think it really helps you to highlight, you know, like if you're giving something up that you... I've been trying to deal with in your life. Mm. The fact that it's for Lent, I think, for some reason, concentrates you more. Yeah. So, like, I heard of someone who was giving up judging people for mm. Lent. So, yeah, it's a bit more accountable, isn't it? Yeah. Because you, maybe it's because you've got the meaning to back it up, you know, for yeah. you know, being given a sacrifice to God. They always say, apparently, you can break a habit if you don't do it for, like, 32 or 33 days in a row or oh, something like okay. that. I heard that years ago. I don't know whether it's true or not. You can let us know. Um, but Lent is obviously 40 days. Mm. Um, so if there's something, that, a bad habit maybe that you have, maybe you could give that up for Lent. Um, yeah, and maybe try and, that will try and be broken. That it is a bit kind of cold turkey, though. Yeah. I don't know how that would work if you're like an alcoholic or something. I'm not sure. You could do that. Yeah, that would You would be, need support. Yeah, I mean, well, I think the support idea is something that's important for all these things. I mean, obviously there are some things... Mm. So, you know, there will be people who will genuinely, there will be a drug addict and they'll try and give up drugs for Lent. Or you know, there mm. will be some serious hardcore addictions that people will attempt to give up for Lent. Mm. And you're always going to advise that person to get support and get care. And, yeah, and, I suppose you are. And they're always going to have much more chance of doing that if they have a great support network around about them. But equally for us, for you know, I mean, for the people who are giving up Jaffa cakes for Lent or they are giving up the internet or something mm. like that, you're also requiring the support. You need just... The, you know, your community and your church can help you in that, you know, so yeah. if people know that you've given up the internet for Lent, then don't email you, you know, and don't say, yeah. did you get my email or, or did you see this on YouTube or whatever, you know. Yeah. There's, there's an element of that and it's the same, with, you know, if somebody's given up coffee for Lent, then don't offer them coffee. You yeah, know? it's like they don't let your brother stumble, yeah. you know, by your actions. I suppose the other element is the idea that it's a countdown yeah. to, um, to, to Easter and, and, and what that involved. So <clears throat> there's also an element of preparing yourself for that because you know there's a uh, spiritual preparation of Easter and, and all of that entail and that's probably a discussion for another week. I don't know, I think that fits in quite nicely here. I think that's for me that would that would be part of what Lent is. 
my my beliefs would be that you know Lent is looking at Jesus going into the desert, which was kind of the start of his journey, yeah, of his ministry. It was the start yeah. of his journey to the cross, mm-hmm. um, and then ultimately his resurrection on Easter Sunday. Those symbols are relevant for us. Well, we would uh, love to hear your opinions. That's that's that's, yeah, we that's our opinion. So uh, if you get onto the the website www.centerlight.org get on the forums there and give us your opinions and yeah maybe you could let us know what you've given up for Lent and the ideas that you've had um, and what it means to you so as Matt says check out all of the media available on our website Okay, now it's time for a funny thing. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Stakes are high. Stakes are high. But haven't we got something to? Haven't you got something to share first? Now? Uh, uh, no, I don't like to dwell on the past. I thought we'd move. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Okay. I will spit it out. John has won last episode's funny thing. Oh yeah. Falling over in the bank. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, it provided a lot of amusement to my colleagues at the time. Yeah. So. But then yours was also well very done. funny. But not obviously as funny. Thanks, John. So we can move on now, Matt. Yeah. I'll let you draw a line under that one. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I suppose you need to figure out who's going first this time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Who, uh, Do we have anything on the bookshelf of glory over there? Uh, to, uh, oh, the, let's, let's go for a chocolate. I've got a, a chocolate from Berlin. Ah. Hope you've not from, given them up for them. <laughs> from Aroma Espresso Bar. Oh, lovely. Would you like writing side up or writing side down, John? I'm going to have writing side up, please. It is right, oh, set up. That was a John wins. Oh, that was a fairly weak flick. Oh, would you, are, you, are you looking for adjudication on the flick? Would you like the flick? Yeah, so we can do it better at three. Okay, best at okay, three. Okay. Okay. And that's uh, right, two, two nil to me. Hey, I'm the victor. Well, my funny thing was quite recent, in fact. Uh, as recent as Monday. Okay. Now, what did we do on Monday, Matt? We played golf on Monday. We did play golf on Monday. Uh, there was something very amusing happened during our round of golf, and it does involve you, Mr. Matt. Oh, Curry. you're not. No, oh, yes. You're not. Um, oh, no. What hole? I can't remember what hole it was. Anyway, it was your turn oh. to tee off, and what a drive. Oh, in the air, beautiful. But, oh, no, it's just clipped a tree. That's a shame. But that's not the funny thing. No, I mean, that's not amazingly funny. So we walk up to, and um, we, we find Matt's ball sitting in a... Uh, a little stream underneath the tree, and that's technically in a hazard for all you non-golf people out there. But it was quite well buried as well. So Matt had to take a drop. So he takes us a while to figure out where it's going to drop his ball. Um, do you have to have it two club lengths away from where it originally lay? <laughs> so eventually we move it back two club lengths, so back towards the tee. So not that far. Anyway. Matt's got this big, huge tree in his way now, so he's trying to think how he can get around it. So he strikes the ball quite well, but unfortunately he does catch the branch of that tree. Uh, and it just lands not that far, but, but it's fairly safe. Until the ball didn't quite stop rolling in time, and it just caught a path which was adjacent to where Matt was playing his shot. And the ball rolled down the path, 
And it kept rolling down the path. <laughs> and it kept rolling down the path. And it rolled past the tree which he hit. And it rolled past the stream which he played in. And it rolled back past Matt where he just played the shot. And it kept on rolling till it ended up about 20 yards behind where Matt had originally played his shot. But that doesn't end there, does it, Matt? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it doesn't end there. So Matt now has another shot to play from behind where he had just played his shot. So he get, chooses a club. What club did you select? I uh, chose a 9-9. A 9-9, excellent. Still so remember. Matt picks out the 9-9 from his bag and thinks, I'll just play the safe. Uh, actually, no, I won't. I'll just see if I can hoof it up somewhere. I think that's pretty much what you decided. But now please remember that he's behind where he originally was. So in front of him, he still has a stream and the tree. Anyway, he whacks the 9-9 hits the tree, and lands in exactly the same <laughs> place as where he'd started when he hit his drive. We There were four of us playing, and we were all bent over in absolute hysterics. Obviously supportive for Matt, uh, and obviously he was not finding it as funny. <laughs> I was bent over in pain. Yeah, but there you go, that's my funny thing, um, playing golf with Matt on the 10th. I think that's cruel, John, but... That's, that you was have to funny. admit, though, I, I that will that admit was, that, that, was, that was hilarious. It was hilarious, yes. I will admit that. <sighs> Actually, there's a bit of a theme this, this week. Oh, is it's it? Not, it's not a golf theme. Okay. But, uh, no, it's just more of uh, my ineptitude theme. Okay. That does seem to be a bit of a theme throughout this funny thing. Every week. <laughs> 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 no offence. Yeah. Um, it was a little while ago, evening time. There was a... a a leaflet was through the door. Special mm. offer for Pizza Hut. Sounds good. So I, my good uh, lady wife and I decided we would take advantage of this. Mm. So we go to the shop. <laughs> we uh, First of all, it was pouring <laughs> with rain, so we couldn't get close to the shop. Right. So uh, we, we park the car, step out, big giant puddle. Oh, no way. So I had to trump into the puddle, try <laughs> to jump over the puddle onto the <laughs> pavement. Just, just clipped the edge of the puddle, bit of a splash, fine. So it's still raining. Uh-huh. So that right, run over to the shop. Shop has a glass door <laughs> with no stickers or anything on it, <laughs> and uh, you can tell what's coming. In true Mister Bean fashion, I just ran straight into the door, <laughs> thinking it was an open door. <laughs> oh man! And then had to go in and order a pizza. Oh, that's it, it was. Um, <laughs> Not one of my final moments. Did the people uh, laugh at you when you got inside? No, the guy was a, profe- he was a professional. Oh, he? He's obviously seen that before. No, on the way out, I nearly did the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> because I wasn't paying attention on the way out either. I had forgotten that the door was there again. <laughs> but this time I did manage to avoid him flattening my nose on it. Were you okay? You didn't break anything? Oh, yeah. oh, no, now you're concerned. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, after I've laughed at you. Yeah, no, I was fine. Just uh, broke a little bit of pride. Oh, that's pure comedy. That that is the purest of comedy gold that you yeah. can find. Matt walking. Running, in fact. Yeah, running into the yeah. well, So that, that's my contender for funny thing. That's a good one, actually, I think. I don't know. It depends. To be fair, they're both to do with you, so it depends which one people when are I laugh at you know, more. Or so get on the forums uh, and vote. There will be a poll in the forum on the website. Which is www.centerlight.org. Yep, check it out. So now it's time for the part of... John, I have to stop you there. Oh, sorry. Why are you stopping me? Because first of all, I just have to inform the listeners 
of an a, a updated funny thing. Okay. I have a new contender. <laughs> What's that? It's the fact that you know the theme tune to <laughs> Supermarket Suite and well, we're just singing it just there. It's not my fault that you just said, check it out. My brain works in a mysterious way, which involves someone saying something and then me, in my brain, recognising a tune that goes with that and then getting it in my head. That could be a game for another episode. Oh, tell me about it. Yeah. So, John, what were you telling us? Well... Uh, spiritual caffeine! Yes. Hooray, it's time for spiritual caffeine. Um, and you know what? We're looking out the window today, aren't we, Matt? Yeah. And it is absolutely scorching. Well, I don't know if it's scorching, but it's a really it nice like, day. It looks lovely. It would be a good day for a game of golf, actually. It would be. Really anyway, good. back to the podcast. Uh, it links in quite nicely with our spiritual caffeine. The idea is that just get outside, spend some time outside, um, whether that's walking around your neighbourhood, walking around the block, whether it's going up climbing a mountain, going to the park, you know, whatever, you know, if you're at work, you just spend some time just running about the area that you work in. It's just like get away from whatever you're normally doing um, and just take a break. It's a good time, you know, you can switch your brain off from yeah. a lot of noise and, and, and thoughts and stuff and you can just, you know, I've found it a great way to pray, to spend some time and just to, to tune in to God. I do think, you know, the closer you get to nature, the more you start to kind of look at the amazingness of God's creation and that seeps into your consciousness. I would agree with that. Uh, and it's not, it just gives you a lift, doesn't it? I suppose mm-hmm. that's the whole point of spiritual caffeine. But a nice day, being outside on a nice day, just makes you, yeah. makes me feel really, really good and kind of quite optimistic about life. I, I've found it some of the most insightful times, you know, some of the best thoughts I've had have come just from sitting in the park bench, just yeah. looking at. And there's another idea there of just like if you're in, most of the time when we're out in society, we have a purpose, you know, we're trying to get to the post office, we're trying to get somewhere really fast. Yeah. People are in your way, they're not, you know, there's like, you want to just get through that yeah. as fast as you can. And, out. and it's a bit frustrating, well, that's for me anyway. Um, but actually when you just slow down and you're just kind of meandering along or you're sitting on a bench and you can just start to see people going about their lives, actually yeah. you can spend some time and just kind of think, well, what, what's their life like? Yeah. And, you know, and maybe think, is there something you could pray about for them? Or, yeah and things like that you know those sorts of thoughts start That's to, really interesting, to come into so I, try, I highly recommend good idea so moving on from uh, some moments of personal spiritual reflection to uh, ideas for church this is an idea that actually came in through the forum Hooray. Uh, and we'd love you guys to do that so uh, John why don't you tell us who it came from and what the idea is yeah well uh, thank you to Talk Rhubarb uh, on the forum who suggested the idea of testimonies, and this idea is that during the church service, you can get out your mobile phone and text maybe a, a little testimony about yourself or about something that's happened to you during the week that's uh, maybe encouraging, a good encouraging story for the church to know about, or maybe something that you want prayer for, and you could text this to uh, the church, and then that would come up on the big screen, and it would be anonymous you wouldn't put your name on it. And then the church can be built up by all of these people texting their testimonies during the service. Now, the way that this could work is that the church would maybe buy a pay-as-you-go SIM card um, and then have the number up at the start of the service and during the service so that people will know the number to text to. And then someone will have that phone and as the messages come in, they will then type up the information and then put this onto a slide that could be shown during a, a part of the service. I think it's a really, really good idea. I, I think it's a great it's idea. It's really creative. Yeah. I mean, even 
even on a simple, I mean, if even if you didn't have a church with slides and stuff, I mean, even just having a mobile phone and just reading it out would work just as well. Yeah, of course it would. Yeah. And if you've got the same number um, every week, then people even they don't have to wait until the Sunday. They can be no, texting that's right. During, during the week, the week. it's almost like a hotline to God, if you like, because and you could maybe set up uh, some form of page online that is dedicated to this number, so yeah. someone could be in charge of it, and then that you could have a like a prayer page, prayer prayer and testimony yeah. page that gets updated through the week. And then that gets looked at during the service. Yeah, that's good. And if there's like an urgent prayer, you just text it to this yeah. number. And yeah, I think that's and a great People idea. praying. And yeah, it's great. And I suppose, I mean, there's loads of possibilities with that actually, because yeah. then you could start a text prayer chain with it as well. So if you say I suddenly text a prayer request to this number, then what will happen is this number then will text out to all the yeah, people on the chain yeah. saying, just had a prayer request, pray for this now. And I think the idea of doing it through text is fantastic because everyone, you know, in the UK, pretty much has a mobile yeah. uh, and knows how to text. So, yeah, it, I mean, it's really accessible. I think it's a great example of using technology in church in a good way. I think there's also, I mean, one of the one of the reasons why um, why it's been suggested, I think, is the idea that some people would not have the confidence to go up in the service, you know, if, even, if, even if the church has an open time of, yes. does anyone want to share anything? Or, some people just wouldn't be comfortable doing that. No. And I think this allows that, I, that, that element of doing that yeah, I um, think so. And I think the more people do it, and like from the anonymous point, they'll actually get more confidence in maybe yeah. being able to actually go up the front yeah. and give it a testimony because you know they see that their story or their prayer hasn't been met with kind of judgment or yeah. contempt. That actually people are concerned about their welfare, and you know that gives them confidence to actually say, "Well, actually, it's me. Mm-hmm. I'm the person that needs, yeah. needs to." And and help. it's another example of <clears throat> of a great way to to spread the ministry. To have participation in church, you know, that, that if someone in the congregation, let's say they text them and they've got whatever problem, you know, other people in that group might have the same mm. problem or they might have the same, you know, and, and yeah. it's just, just to know that someone else there has gone through the same thing can be such an uplifting thing for them. It's such a simple idea and, and definitely one worth doing. Yeah, and it's not that difficult. Every church, I'm sure, will have someone who's able to work out how to make it happen. So, yeah, that was on, that came in through the forums. Um, and you can get more information on it. We've not covered, you know, yeah, covered yeah. every angle. There's, there's some great uh, links on the forum to to the roots of the idea and, and how people have made it work practically. So get on there and check it out. And also um, follow Talk Rebarb's lead and, and send in your ideas. Okay, so that about wraps it up for this episode. If you wanted to continue to interact with Centrelight, then please, please visit www.centrelight.org. What will be on? What will they find on there? Well, if they were to uh, point their browser of choice on Tinterweb to that that location, yes, they would find forum. A forum. They would find uh, some news sections. Some news sections. They would find some good news things. What's happening? They would find blogs. Blogs. Yes, you will find considerably more blogs of Matt's than you will of mine. Oops. Um, but yes, you'll find all things to do with the kind of question about what could church be 